This is Living While Dying, an ALS story from Minnesota Public Radio News. I'm Kathy Warzer. I'm sorry to admit that I've been putting off doing this installment because we're at the end of the story. And it stings to say that. It stings now. But it hurt and hurt badly March 23rd, 2015. That's when a small group of family and close friends said goodbye to Bruce Kramer, and he peacefully concluded what was, by any measure, an extraordinary life. Bruce was 59 years old when he died. Bruce lived as fully as he could in his last years with grace and, I'd say, elegance, despite the ravages of ALS. ALS is an insidious motor neuron disease that slowly paralyzes and ultimately kills its victims. It did Bruce. Actually, it was the effects of influenza that killed him. His compromised immune system couldn't fight off the virus. And while we knew something like that could happen, it still came as a surprise. Now, I know that sounds silly. Bruce tried very hard to prepare everyone around him for his impending death. But I'm convinced there's no way to truly be prepared for the death of a loved one. It's like bracing for a car crash. I was trying to fortify myself as I sped over to his Hopkins, Minnesota condo Friday morning, March 20th, 2015. I had gotten a phone call from his wife, Ev, who, between tears, told me that the end was near and Bruce wanted to see me. I couldn't get my head wrapped around how fast things had changed. The prior weekend, I was with Ev and Bruce, and we had a lovely time. Ev and I practiced driving Bruce's power wheelchair in anticipation of the March 25th release party for We Know How This Ends, Living While Dying, the book Bruce and I had written with warp speed just a few months ago. We had been busy planning the party and all that comes with the release of a book. Bruce was energized by it all, and he seemed, in spite of ALS, to be doing well. So that weekend, Ev and I took turns sitting in his wheelchair as the other manipulated the controls from the back, practicing getting human and wheelchair in and out of Bruce's mobility van. It was a very strange feeling to be the person in that bulky wheelchair. The lack of control, I felt, was, well, it was unsettling. I was thinking about that weekend as I drove to see my dying friend. In my head, I kept rehearsing what I wanted to say things I thought I hadn't said over the past four years, things that I wanted to make sure I said again, like, I love you. When I arrived, I was shocked to find Bruce fully dressed and in his wheelchair in the living room. He was weak but awake. The scene was a little chaotic. There were a lot of people there, including his yoga instructor, Matthew Sanford, who was trying very hard to not only ground Bruce but everyone else in the room. Bruce may have felt more grounded, but I felt utterly untethered. When it was my turn to speak to Bruce, I tried but failed to hold back tears. And as I haltingly told him, between sobs, what I had carefully memorized in the car, he looked at me with a bit of disappointment on his face and said, Don't you know any jokes? I told him that between the two of us, he was the comedian of the team, not me, and there was nothing funny about what was going on. I think he was surprised at everyone's uncontrolled emotions and the energy it took to console those around him. It occurred to me between that morning and the morning he died, Bruce Kramer continued to teach. These were his last lessons, lessons in compassion, patience, grace, and love. 
A few months prior to his death, when he was concerned that he would lose his voice, Bruce wanted to make sure we recorded his thoughts on a few important subjects. But as weak as his body and breath became, Bruce Kramer kept his voice until the end of his life. Here's our final conversation on grief, loss, and saying goodbye. ALS at least gives you warning that it's coming. And because you know it's coming, you can prepare for it. You don't like it, but there it is. So I'm actually um, feeling quite grateful. I'm, I'm at a point where I just am very happy to accept what's coming. Do you just feel kind of almost worn out? You're worn out physically, but are you, are you worn out spiritually? You know, it's funny. I can't move, and you, you can see that. And yet, inside, I feel this spirit bouncing around and um, every once in a while it finds a way to come out. I actually feel like I'm um, joining something much greater than myself. Bruce Kramer would often talk about choosing to accept the lessons ALS taught him, however difficult they were, and the importance of embracing the losses cruelly doled out by the disease. When we first met in 2011, several months after he was diagnosed, Bruce was using a cane. At the end of his life, he was in a power wheelchair and unable to move on his own. We humans tend to interpret loss as the wrong side, as if loss could be controlled, as if we were never going to lose. And we have so much evidence in front of us that says, this is a silly belief. We still hang on to it, though. We do. Loss is the process that we need in order to replace something with something else. And we can replace it, that loss, with something that actually is transformative or transcendent, something that builds us beyond what we were before. We don't learn when everything's going well. We just operate kind of happy-go-lucky. We're habitual. We don't learn when everything is good. Where we learn and where we grow is when we're challenged. And in the end, every human will lose everything. There will be enormous loss. And in that loss is great opportunity. Opportunity to build into the human that you want to become. You said something interesting. We always say something interesting, but you said something interesting about transcendence and becoming the person you've always wanted to be. Are you at that stage at this point? I don't believe I'll ever be there. But I feel like I am getting closer. I want to be a person that inspires other people to love, not to be an inspiration, but to help people to see the love that they carry in their hearts. And I want to be a person that helps people to see the compassion that all of us need and all of us deserve by the fact of being human. And I think that as the progression continues, 
with ALS. There are lots of choices as to how to deal with it. Love and compassion strike me as probably the best. So I keep getting closer. I don't know if I'll hit that bullseye, but I keep getting closer. Upon my father's death, someone close to me said, in a strange sense, loss can be healing. And I wasn't going to buy that at first. But I wonder if talking here with you today, I wonder if there is truth in that, that there is, there can be healing in loss. There can be. But I think you have to be very conscious. I don't think you can just say, well, it'll happen. It will happen because you consciously open yourself to it. And opening yourself to it means that the wounds of the loss have to be open at first. They can't just be allowed to scar over. Scar tissue, as we know, is much less flexible than the skin that it replaces. And I think that works emotionally as well. And so remaining open, trying to limit that, the scarring, and instead looking for what can be the growth out of this takes a little discipline. I think, Bruce, many of our listeners would say that that's exactly what you've done since your diagnosis. I've tried to, not always with great success. And when I don't succeed, probably the greatest thing that I've learned is to forgive myself for that. The forgiveness is very important in this process. You and I have worked, and it has been a remarkable series of conversations (laughs) and a remarkable relationship with you, with you personally, between the two of us, but also with our listeners, too. I'm curious, because you've never said, what has the series meant to you? First of all, as I've told you, I wouldn't have done this with just anyone. I needed to work with someone who had the courage to maybe grow beyond the tenets of the profession. Don't think that I don't know what this has been like for you. And um, I am so honored to have worked with you in that process. I also think that the medium of radio is a really good way to do this because we don't have to get so involved in the voyeurism of disease. You know, look at that, look at that, look at that. The visual can be so frightening, and there's no reason to be frightened, but rather listen to the words and feel the emotion and sense the spirit. So those are kind of background pieces. But as to the why, the why is it's big. I just couldn't give up being a teacher. I've been a teacher all my life. And I didn't want to stop. And I thought this could be the most valuable teaching I could ever offer. So that's what we've done. And um, I am so grateful to you, to the listeners, to NPR for having the courage to stay with it. And for me, at this point, I have to recognize it is radio. You can hear how weak 
my voice is. And so it's not really goodbye, it's more au revoir. It's more auf Wiedersehen. It's more till we meet again. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you. used to say that upon his death there would be a beautiful sadness and he was right it was incredibly sad to be with him as he took his last breaths but it was a beautiful experience to see him so enveloped as he died by the love of his family and friends I miss him terribly on our next installment of Living While Dying an ALS story coming full circle 